Forget about this one. Drive home safely. One nothing walk off. Here comes Joy. Here is Junior to find Banks. They're going to wave him in. The throw to the plate will be late. The Mariners are going to fight for the American League Championship. I don't believe it. It just continues. My, oh, my. It's the walk-off. I'm holding Christian. We've got Ryan Spader and our special guest tonight, Jessica, something middle name, Klein Schmidt with the Corked Up podcast. We talked with Rachel last week. It's wonderful to have you on the show, Jessica. How are you? I'm good. But do you tell all the guests that they're special? Um, no, it was actually some reason I did write special in front of your name and I read the paper. So it might wow. be a first okay. paper, you know? Do wow. you know special. Did I say that for Mike Schmidt or any of the, the bigger I, names? I got to be honest. I think this is the first time you've yeah. used the word special. So more than more than Can you hear a funny story about Mike Schmidt? Yes. It's not really a funny story. So obviously I have a new pod coming out with NBC <laughs> Sports and years or like months ago when I was asking the world for help to name this thing, um, it was like, oh, well, um, will you help me with the name? And people were like, what about Mike? M-I-C apostrophe D Schmidt. I thought that was so cute, but that didn't happen so you told us so, that story telling us it wouldn't be funny though so that was that was I actually didn't say it was good. gonna be funny did i say it wasn't gonna be funny yeah you did uh, i said maybe i said a good story i don't know if it was a good story but... i'm laughing on the inside spader get going buddy let's go so, let's this cooking so you went with bulk talk instead <laughs> this wasn't up to me i'm just gonna say that yeah i i know the feeling there in naming of the books. I but, don't um, hate it though. I so, think it's cute. I think it's cute and it's short, just like me. <laughs> so are you are you gonna be covering are you gonna be covering um both the Giants and the Athletics on um Bulk Talk? I'm covering all the baseball. Oh, so everything. Now Yeah, my first guest is Tony Gwynn Jr. So that's pretty awesome. Um, I know. I know it's a great podcast. Like they didn't give this to me because I'm an amateur. Come on, guys. <laughs> um, so uh, most of the work that you do oh. is with the Bay Area sports with NBC. And um, yeah. I'm curious, like, how do you think these two teams are going to end up this season? It's a great question. Um, if it were any other season um, for the Giants, I'd be like, well, that's not going to happen. But I really think if they can use the 60 games to their advantage, maybe something will in- interesting will happen. I don't think they're going to win at all. They're certainly not going to win the NL West, but they're going to piss off some teams. I think they can, you know, if they had that really hot month like they did last year in like July, things can, in any team, if they have a hot month, things will get crazy. Uh, the A's, though, they're my, and I'm not being biased because I do cover them most of the time, but there are a lot of people's pick for the, the AL West. And, um, you know, I was, there's some setbacks. Jesus Lazardo is on a bit of a delay because he did test positive for coronavirus. And then AJ Puck is, of course, dealing with an injury. And um, But beyond that, even like Chris Bassett and Daniel Mengden, like stepping up to the plate, uh, no pun intended, it's a really good uh, outing or good pitching rotation. Frankie Montes, we're going to get a full season of him. Uh, well, full season-ish of him, and you know the defense is there, offense is there. I'm so excited to see what happens. But I mean, they're I'm not. I don't know. Every team has the same 
weirdness to deal with. So we'll see. But even with or without the 60 games, the A's were definitely a, a top pick. And that's interesting because as long as I've not only covered the team, been a fan of that team, they've never had high standards. This is the first time in a long time they've had high standards. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with that. So I'm going to throw you one question for the athletics and one for the Giants. First, with the Giants, um, how do you think – now, I, I saw him as a Phillies fan. I saw him with um, with the Phillies. But how do you think Gabe Kapler uh, handles managing the Giants? Because I, I, I think the general consensus was he didn't get it done in Philadelphia, and he probably relied a little bit too heavily on the numbers, which is odd to hear coming from, you know, me, a numbers guy. But um, I, I just don't see how it's not going to be more of the same for him. Um, I feel like he, at the beginning, I, I mean, how are you ever going to fill a Bruce Bochy job? You just can't. And I think we all, once we got over that fact, um, it was an interesting pick because we're used to an old school mentality, an old school skipper. And then we have this young guy like Gabe Kapler to kind of be brought into it. And it was controversial at first to be straight up. We even asked Farhan Zaidi, like, why did you have this controversial pick? And they thought it was a fair question. Obviously, all this stuff happening with the Dodgers. But I am very enthusiastic about him only because he's at that perfect age where he's right in the middle. Like, he took Mike Yastrzemski out for dinner, um, you know, in the off season and got to know him. And he's at that fun age where you're right in the middle, right? You have these older guys like Lamboria, Crawford, Posey, obviously he opted out, but you have the younger guys too, like Dubon. And I mentioned Yastrzemski and, and all these other people. So I think he's the perfect guy for that. But I don't know. I, I don't think a lot of Giants fans are expecting a lot out of him. So that's probably a positive. Um, so there's that, but I don't know. I think he's actually, what he did yesterday was very brave and, and taking a knee and, especially in a liberal city like it is. And um, so that, I think, painted some very happy faces. But I think he's going to shake things up. I'm interested to see what he does. I feel like he's, he can relate to the players a little bit more. So my, uh, my question for you on the athletics is um, about my uh, – I'll say my dark, my dark horse to lead the league in home runs this year. Not even the league, all of Major League Baseball. He's – he hit 42 home. Exactly. Yep. Like, do do you see him as a potential guy who could hit 20 to 25 home runs over the span of um, just 60 games? I am so glad you asked me that because I did bold predictions with um, the lovely incomparable Dallas Braden today. And he (laughs) straight up said I was, he said I was like crazy. He literally said, go grab a straight jacket. You're crazy for thinking Matt Olson's going to hit 25 bombs this season. And I was like, I'm sorry that I have faith in this man. But, I mean, we look at this guy. He came back from a hammate bone injury, 40 games off. I think he hit 40, 40 RBIs in 40 games. The power is certainly there. And he wasn't even given a full 162 games last season and still matched with uh, Matt, Ol- Matt Chapman in bombs. And, and so that's going to be interesting from that dynamic. And he's got this mentality where – he doesn't like the limelight. He just wants to go out and play. And that's the perfect mentality for a 60 game season. I keep hearing the guys saying, this is a sprint, not a marathon. If I hear that one more time, I'm going to have a freaking meltdown. And um, <laughs> so I'm glad that he has that. He just is going to go out and play. So yeah, I'm right there with you. The guy has power, an amazing attitude, the perfect team to do it, the perfect schedule to do it. I'm absolutely on that Olsen. Like hit freaking 25, 25 bumps. Do it. 
Well, I know, I know we've talked about it before and he didn't hit his first big league homer until the 20, uh, the 20th, uh, career game that he played and then ended up hitting 25 in his first 71. So he had a 25, uh, home run stretch over 51 games. Ridiculous. Yeah. It's insane. The guy is just fantastic. So we'll all be watching baseball on TV and the, the games so far have been very interesting. Now, Jessica, when I go back, when I was a kid, I would put a Cubs game on in the background. I would just listen to the crowd and I would take my daily nap in the summertime. It was awesome. And that, to me, was the best part about it. And I wish they'd jack up the white noise just a little bit in the background because mm-hmm. I want to hear more of it. But I wonder about your your overall thoughts on these games on TV so far. Is it a little bit weird? It is, but, like, I was even thinking last night when I saw the cutouts behind home plate, it actually kind of soothes it a little bit because you're used to seeing the crowds behind the plate. And I loved making fun of them. And it's always, like, a girl who wants attention, like, hey, you know, that's kind of cool. But um, I'm glad that there's something there. It kind of takes the edge off, if you will. It makes it less weird, but then also more weird because they are cardboard cutouts. But these guys like to work out to some sort of noise, right? And the A's were experimenting with not just the crowd noise, but actual music as well, in addition to their walk-up songs and everything like that. Um, And so that's been kind of interesting. But, you know, it's still going to sound differently. You're used to it being filled with bodies, and that's not the case. So watching it on TV, I guess, like, I was a little bit more romantic about it last night just because baseball was back. I didn't care what form it was. It was just, like, injected into my veins. I need it now. So maybe as time goes on, I'll let, I'll, it'll be less weird. But from yesterday, it seemed pretty normal, minus the storylines that are kind of interesting with the kneeling and, and all of that. It just felt like we were kind of back. I just, yeah, I just want the, I really don't give a damn about any other storyline right now. All I want is baseball. Yeah. Please, please, right. l- let's stop bitching. I, Spader, back me up here. Like, all I'm doing is hearing people bitch about 60-game season, how they shouldn't even play. And, you know, Jessica, I just don't get it. I don't understand why anyone would be opposed. I would take one pitch of a regular – well, that would piss me off if they did that. I would take, like, 10 games of a regular season at this point. Yeah, I think it was more or less like we had to kind of sit there and listen between the PA and the owners, and that was just annoying and then when it finally did happen, it was like, oh, all of that for 60 games, like, come on. And, and I think like enough time's gone by, like we kind of dealt with all the COVID testing and everything like that, but they're, they're building a routine. It's kind of healing a little bit more. So I think we can, it'll, people will suck it up. But at the same time, like I haven't heard in the last few days, the people saying like, oh, this season won't happen. Cause like, it's here, it's happening. The exhibition games are happening. Um, opening day is like, the day after tomorrow you know so it's kind of from that perspective but I'm right there with you like it's happening like let's get over it but it still feels weird 60 games like maybe I'm just used to it now but like if you're used to as long of a season as I am and you're on the beat and you're on you're covering it it's a relief and I'm actually kind of excited for it to be kind of like on PEDs like going through it like just jacked up and I think it'll make us more romantic about it, too. Like, I get so bored, not bored, like, I just get, like, so burnt out after 60 games. So now I can just suck it up and deal with the playoffs, and I'm, I'm looking forward to that. It's a lot of romance in your baseball life. That's what I'm hearing right I mean, now. Romance. I'm, I'm, I mean, do you see how, like, successful I am? It's because I'm in love with my job. <laughs> You know, Jess, it's, it's actually funny because um, I Googled you before we started this uh, to uh-huh. make sure I didn't miss out on any of the things that you've been working on of late. 
And um, the do you know what the second um, automatic pop-up is? Uh, if, I have, if I have a husband? Yes, exactly. Oh, God, it's so <laughs> stupid. People are You're... so dumb. Like, why is, like... Like, okay, I have two two podcasts and I'm killing it. I did this all without a college degree. And you want to know if I'm married or not? Come on, guys. Not this isn't toward you. This is just like people that want to Google me. Like, stop it. I I I actually just you know what? Stop. Hold on, Spader. You should just take it as flattery. You know, I just go. I even if it was like guys that were saying, Hey, Holden, you're so good looking, I'd be like, Great, let's go do it. Why don't you embrace that? Oh, what me? Yeah, go embrace it. Pretty awesome. They want to know if you're married. They want to know if they have like a one in a trillion chance with you. Just, you know. Okay. But then they they Google and find out that they don't and I still don't get approached. Well, (laughs) that's Spader's fault. He's the kind of guy that just did that. So that's the type of guy. No. He typed Uh, Jessica Kleinschmidt and the, the search bars pop up and husband is one of the search terms. So it's funny because, um, Nobody's telling Holden that he's good looking or anything, but um, (laughs) (laughs) one of um, your more recent pieces, I think you wrote it about a month and a half ago, was um, you spoke about uh, memorable mound meetings and um, Mm. the piece did really well. I thought it was really cool. But um, how did you, first of all, come up with the idea to to do this? Because I'm kind of jealous I didn't think of it myself. And... um, uh, how did you go about reaching out to the number of players that you did? Because there was a great number who um, contributed. Yeah, well, I'm a former player myself. And like, I just remember the mound meetings, half of the time it was about sports and baseball, of course. But then the other half, I was like, I don't want to fucking be here. Like, this sucks. <laughs> I'm like, getting my ass kicked. We're in the fourth inning. This The same dude keeps tailing him off me. Why am I here? And so... I I knew that. And of course I'm friends with a lot of the players and they tell me the same thing. It's like, it's not always baseball related. And you know how, when you, a a pitching coach comes out there and it was actually Dallas Braden who told me that, and it's it's featured in the, in the article. And he told me, he was like, yeah, but he didn't even talk to me about baseball. He was just like, Hey, we're happy. You're going to be here. I'm just going to talk to you. And I'm going to go like lay it into the umpire right now. Um, And so like Dallas is obviously, I could talk to him about baseball all day. He's just a good friend of mine. So he was easy to talk to Java Chamberlain, good friend of mine. You actually, Ryan, helped me out um, just like with brainstorming. And you said, you know, like um, Blum would be a good one. So I reached out to him. He gave me three stories, which was Blummer. phenomenal. Um, Love yeah. And the, yeah, Evan Marshall, one of my best friends, he gave me a good one. And um, just like, it was just a cool thing that just thinking about it. And Peter Moylan is a dear friend too. And he ha- probably had like the funniest short one. He was just like, one time I hugged my manager and you're like, that's such a Moylan story, you know, like it's such a Moylan story and, and stuff like that. And it just, it reminded me of like back when I used to play and just when I, even when I switched to softball, I was no longer pitching, but I was, I just remember the mound meetings, just, we would sometimes talk about base, softball. And then the other part was like, whatever, everything else you're working on and stuff. So it was just the stuff that, people wanted and it was during a great time when baseball wasn't hat wasn't being played so I wanted people to kind of remind it and yeah thank you it's probably the, my favorite piece I've ever writ- written so I'm really glad that you enjoyed it yeah it's definitely up there uh with some of my favorite work that I've seen of, of course other than the ones that you know you've credited some of my numbers in but <laughs> of course of course but have you seen uh speaking of mound meetings have you seen um 
pitching coaches going for mound meetings now, and they're still covering their mouth with the masks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's just kind of like habit, but I kind of I dig it. Well, the other thing is the players are still hawking lubes, whether it be in the dugout or out on the field. There's just no way you're ever going to be able to stop that. Spader and I, it's funny because one of our first thoughts when we thought of a season actually happening was we're both like, oh, my God, all you got to do is spit because that's all you do in baseball because you're so bored. There's no way yeah. they're going to be able to to rein this in. It's baseball, right? There's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, it's a routine, and, like, boys are gross. We all know that, and it's just kind of, like, what they do. So it's, it's just like, it, Well, I mean, literally the guys have told me this. So it's just relaying <laughs> Totally sexist. They're, they're and, sexisters. I mean, you're the one that said that I shouldn't be talking to guys that are Googling me to be a husband for looking oh. at a husband. But we know Hold on, that you should not be here. talking to them? You can talk to them. I'm just saying you should be flattered. That's all I'm saying. I'm right, just which injecting is, my Which opinion. is also a sexist statement. So I think we're even now. So That's sexist. Anyways, so 100%. Oh, Spader, what have you done to me? I don't know, man. <laughs> um, but I do... Yeah. They it, it, It's weird because they have to take shortened showers, too. And, like, they have to be... They have to arrive at the field... Some of them like to get there super, super early, you know, and they can't do that because they're kind of on a schedule and it's just, it's all different. And to throw like a wrench into that is just difficult. You know, what was cool though, was Dusty Baker. I saw him in his mask today. He had the Dusty Baker vineyard. I think that's what it's called, the vineyard. So um, Baker family wines, that's what it is. So, oh, there you go. Promoting the, like, this yeah. yeah, that's cool. This, to me, is the ultimate like way to go, and I hope that they allow managers and I don't they're not going to allow players to do it, and players aren't going to play with it, but I hope they allow people to just to express themselves a little bit, make a little money on the side this year. That would be fun. Yeah, and especially if it's like a good message. I mean, we have these guys, you know, whether um, that fallen umpire, they had number 25 out on their on their mouth for him and, and everything like that, so I thought that was really cool. And yeah, no, I agree. Whether it's promoting something or I'd have one saying like, no, I don't have a husband on mine. So. <laughs> yeah. That is. You got to drop rude. that bone sometimes kid. Uh, yeah. Jessica, so you, um, uh, I guess like your super professional side is uh, what you're doing with NBC sports. And then you have a really fun podcast with Rachel, who as Holden said, right. we just had on and, um, I, I, I don't know. I, I think it's a pretty cool balance that you have where you guys are just kind of drinking bottles of wine, sometimes out of the bottle <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and talk and talking baseball. And you have you've had some uh, really cool guests. How did um, how did that come about? It's like probably my favorite story. So she I like saw an interview with her and I was like, oh, this girl's a badass. I didn't, didn't realize she was Trevor's agent. I'm a big Trevor Bauer fan. And, um, and so she follows me back on Twitter. We thought we found each other on Instagram and then she slides into my DMs because, you know, I do that. Apparently she probably Googled to see if I had a husband too. And so, um, <laughs> when she found out I didn't, she was like, Hey, like, are you going to spring training? Trevor wants to have you on a podcast. I was like, sure. And to know that Trevor even knew who, like what my work was, was phenomenal. Cause I, I, I like him as a pitcher, but I really respect him as a guy in me and like content. Cause he knows like what people want to consume. And so before I showed up to spring training, she said, well, actually they want to give me a podcast momentum. Um, but I'm looking for a co-host. So she's just 
she gets like kind of frazzled with her the sound of her own voice and like she doesn't really know how to kind of get the podcast started which obviously my background I can do that for her but it's so cool because she has the agent side and she doesn't know how to like express herself that's where I come in and kind of tee her up and then we I learned so much from her so I show up to the momentum house and it was just kind of an audition and I was like oh we'll talk for 30 minutes you guys we talked for three hours and it was just like the chemistry was there and it wasn't just all baseball talk it was just like two girls having wine and it was great and Trevor loved it and Tyke Green loved it and it was all great and then it was kind of born that way so we shot our first episode oh gosh I want to say right when quarantine started but this idea happened right at the beginning of spring training so obviously things have changed it was crazy so that's where that was born and yeah, we um, tomorrow's episode or Thursday's episode, we have Delino DeShields, and that was a really fun interview. And we tackle everything from just the baseball side of stuff. But like, obviously, being women in sports is difficult. And we tackle those issues because she's dealt with a lot of stuff online. And, and you know, just Kyle Loesch and Aubrey Huff have attacked her, you know, so she's just kind of dealt with all of that stuff. And just, you know, agent perspective, media perspective. And we tell it like it is too. We just don't, we don't bullshit it. We just tell it what we, what we go through and everything. And it's actually been very, very successful. A lot of women have really embraced it. So I'm I'm loving it. Well, I I think a lot of baseball fans in general have embraced it. I I know I've checked it out. I know Holden checked it out before we had uh, Rachel on. And uh, I think you guys definitely make a really good team and do a great job. Um, What, um, so I'm going to throw, I guess, completely out of left field on you. What, like, I, I guess, insanity do you uh, predict for this season? Like, there's got to be something, like a 400 hitter. Are we going to get somebody who's going to hit 30 home runs in 60 games? Like, uh, if you were – No, if that's you were, Matt, Matt Olson is going to hit 30 bombs, and Dallas <laughs> Braden hasn't – he has a straight jacket ready for me. Like I, and I'm dead serious. I think he's just going to go off and he needs to, because I'm literally on the record saying that. And I really just don't want to look like an idiot. That's all right, Jessica. You're not going to tell me your middle name, are you? I was really looking no. forward to learning it. Mm, that's too bad. I'll find it. Plus, like, you know, I got uh, Spader too. He's in the intelligence community. It's just too easy. <laughs> yeah. Very good. And uh, are you married by the way? Has anybody um, asked you, you that? You know, I actually, I actually get proposed to quite a bit on Twitter. So. Stop it. And also at, at at baseball games on the big screen. I know that's your favorite. Um, oh, yeah? You have a problem with that? You have a problem with I that? I literally, literally hate that so much. So you would not want to be proposed to at a baseball game? Which means I probably will because I hope my husband, my future <laughs> husband, is a, is a total troll. And just wants to screw with me and will do it. I think it's so the most disgusting form of love in the world. I think it's stupid. Ball talk on NBC Sports. Horked up. Sorry. The beat for the A's <laughs> and the San Francisco Giants. Jessica Kleinschmidt, it was so fun to have you on for the uh, first and probably only time ever. It's not your fault. Yeah, don't ever call me again. Yeah, totally. Ever. This one's on me. <laughs> It's a, it's on me. I can take full responsibility. Jessica, we'll have you back on when Holden gets fired by Blue Wire. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. All right. Take care, Jessica. Bye guys. Thanks, Jess. Peter, I don't know why you're laughing. That was just a fun interview with Jessica Kleinschmidt. Yeah. uh, I think she did a great job. Uh, You kind of, 
went the opposite this time uh, as of last time. You know, you told Rachel, her co-host, that um, you're this uh, feminist now uh, because you have a daughter and you would like for her to be able to do what she did. And uh, I think um, Jessica was not uh, thrilled with you. I know what had happened was I asked her a simple question for her middle name and she said, I'm not going to do it. So, you know, if you're going to be standoffish with me and not give me some personal information, then I'm not going to be a happy character. You've never gotten on my bad side, Spader. What is your, what social, is your middle name? What is your social security number? What is your middle name, Spader? Michael. And actually, uh, I know that you are... Um, of the Jewish persuasion, but I was raised uh, Roman Catholic. And uh, we have these things, I don't know if you've ever heard of a confirmation name. And uh, my both my middle name and my confirmation name are uh, Michael. So technically, I'm Ryan Michael Michael Spader. I like that. You might as, you should have done that for your Twitter handle. People got to spell it a lot easier. Ryan Michael Michael. Yeah. All right, we got the season start up Thursday night. Scherzer versus Garrett Cole. You know what is kind of interesting about this? And we talked about it when right before they, the camp started reporting and the pitchers and the pitch counts and stuff. Uh, Scherzer went 87 pitches. Strasburg went 81 pitches. I didn't see Garrett Cole have one of these little summer game tune-ups there. But it does look like, I mean, if these guys are getting into the 90-95 pitch range, that their workload is not going to be that much lower. I mean, we have seen Scherzer go 110 pitches from time to time, maybe a little bit more. But, and I don't think we're going to see that, but I still see the studs, if they're pitching well, getting into the sixth and maybe through it. So um, Garrett Cole actually won 85 in his last outing. So uh, he did he's right in there. his last outing. Was it yeah. inter-squad? Um, uh, it was against... I don't even know, to be honest. Right. I just know he won 85 so These pitches. guys are going in the – they're going 81, 85, 87. So somewhere between 80 and 87 pitches is where they're at. Yeah, I, I still – I got to tell you, though. I, I don't think a starter is winning the um, Cy Young Award in either league. See, I'm starting to kind of – I'm going a different direction. I know you don't think that, but I think if we can get a normal workload from these guys – and really, they just start hitting their stride coming into you know, late August. They're going to have six weeks to go out there and prove and pitch more innings and be more valuable than a reliever. So I was with you the last time you said that. The more I'm thinking about it, these pitchers, the front-end guys are going to be able to keep their innings up from start to finish. Uh, I don't know. I think I, I, I still think we're going to see some weird things with rotations. I think we're going to see a team come out of left field with the um, – uh, four-man rotation, pitching their guys less uh, pitches per game. We're going to see teams stacking their starting pitchers, using two starting pitchers in, in one game. And then we're going to see a lot of that um, that bullpenning that we've seen from the Rays over the past couple seasons. Yeah, you basically have to have probably two front-line starting pitchers any in any year anyways. But then you look at the Nationals, you, you look at the Yankees. Tanaka is going to come back. They got Jay Happ, James Paxton. I mean, 60 games. James Paxton might this might be the perfect season for him because he usually misses half the season anyway. So now he's just to stay healthy for this stretch run, winning the playoffs. So that's a decent rotation. They got the best bullpen in baseball. To me, the Yankees do with Chapman in the back, and I know that he is he's uh, battling COVID. But Zach Britton's been a great closer in the past too. And then on the national side, I just don't. 
like this Nationals team as much as I did last year. I mean, if you ask me if I like the start to the Nationals season last year versus this team, I'd like this team more. But, man, the loss of Rendon to me is just – that's crushing to that offense. It really is. Yeah, it's absolutely massive. And not to completely change um, subjects on you, but um, did you see the tweet from Pitching Ninja on uh, my boy Lance McCullers Jr.? Did not. So McCullers threw a two-seamer and a circle change back-to-back. The two-seamer was 95 miles an hour and moved like you wouldn't believe. And then um, he followed it up by walking off the mound after getting the strikeout and saying, and the camera caught him, and he was like, that was fucking nasty. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There's your comeback player of the year right there. Lance McCullers. Well, I mean, you you always get a bump anyway coming back from Tommy John. And if if he can have himself a solid season, I think um, he'd probably be my um, front runner for the American League comeback. And then for the uh, National League, I got to lean Joey Votto just because of the season that he had last year. You just love you some Joey Votto. Joey Votto is quietly one of the best players of all time. Oh, do you have any Dick Allen stats? Because I want to do Spader stats. And since okay. you were throwing out football stats last week, I, I was going to give one Spader stat today, which is very right. simple to look up. So before I do Dick Allen, let me tell you, I have this one that um, is in effect today, but it's also in effect when this will release uh, on the 22nd. Okay, and stop, it's one- stop, stop, stop. It's time now for Spader stats, stats, stats. <laughs> Okay, what is it? So I'll give you the Dick Allen stuff, but one of my favorite stats of all time is um, Wes Farrell hit a pinch hit walk-off home run 85 years ago today as we record this on July 21st, 1935. Hold on. It gets better. The very next day, he tossed a complete game victory. And hit another walk-off home run. Wow. Impossible. That is kind of impossible. It'll, that's something that absolutely will never happen again. And um, I, I, as far as I'm concerned, I put that up there with um, uh, Cal Ripken Jr.'s streak. I put that with Joe DiMaggio. Uh, it's just it's just not possible, especially because we're probably never going to see a pitcher hit again. I guess Otani has an outside shot of doing this, but uh, I would I would love to see it. I, I just I don't see it happening. Otani-san, baby. Love me some Otani-san. Uh, Dick Allen. All right. So, this, because this is it for him, right? Like he has to be voted in by what is it? The ERA committee? What do they call the veterans committee? I don't know. They change the name every single year. And we had yeah. Mike Schmidt on and he talked about why he believes Dick Allen is a Hall of Famer. And then, um, you know, behind the curtain, he sent me an email uh, and said, hey, I, I actually am really advocating for Jim Cott, too. So if you have anything on him, let me know. And uh, I sent him some Jim Cott stats, and he really appreciated it. He's advocating strongly for both of these guys. But um, Dick Allen, uh, only t- 23 players have had compiled at least five seasons, batting at least 300, 375, 550 from 1871 to 1995. Of the 23, 22 are in the Hall of Fame. 
the only one out, Dick Allen. One fifty six OPS plus type nineteen all time. Nope, he's amazing. He's right there with Willie Mays, Frank Thomas. I don't know why he hasn't gotten it. And again, it was the early '60s, right? So he had to go through. Jackie Robinson went through a ton, but Dick Allen had to go through some stuff too. I'm so, sure. So I, I always say of Dick Allen to me because I know we talked about it last time. The um, when I covered the Bills, I discovered this guy Cookie Gilchrist. And uh, Cookie Gilchrist didn't actually play in the NFL at first. He played in Canada because he was an outspoken uh, black man at a time when black men were supposed to just, you know, quote unquote, shut up and play. And I think that Dick Allen is the um, uh, counterpart, the baseball counterpart to Cookie Gilchrist. And Gilchrist came to the NFL for the Buffalo Bills. He was a stud running back for like five seasons. And um, he's not in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He absolutely belongs in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And uh, I think what's kept him out was the fact that the people voting at the time were racist. And uh, I think that's the same thing that kept Dick Allen out of the Hall of Fame is because he was an outspoken black man at a time when uh, that wasn't an acceptable thing in um, it, I guess in society. And it, it's complete and utter nonsense Dick Allen absolutely belongs in the Hall of Fame. You look at uh, players with a career OPS plus of 150 or better and at least 7,000 plate appearances who are not in the Hall of Fame, and you're looking at Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, who have the controversy, Dick Allen, Manny Ramirez, who also has that controversy, and then Miguel Cabrera, who isn't even eligible. Mm. He's just terrific, man. Good for Dick Allen. Let's get him in there. That's it. Make the push, buddy. I think you just got to look at him. Because he, again, just a massive slugger. And then Philadelphia and what, the White Sox after that? I think I remember when we had White Sox. Yeah, he won an MVP with the White Sox, if yep. I recall. Yep, and then he had, the, he had his start with the Phillies. Uh, before we go, a couple things. I thought I heard you in our last show mention that you thought the Rockies could be kind of a a dark horse to get back to the playoffs. Did I hear you right in saying that? Uh, yes. Uh, the Rockies, I think they have the potential to take advantage of the Coors effect and the hangover effect and the fact that they're not going to be traveling um, for 162 <laughs> games. And uh, I think um, they could potentially have a, uh, I guess, a sort of a Sneakily, is that a word? Good yeah, season. Sneakily. <laughs> and, good. Uh, but I, I also like um, the Padres out of that division. I think that division, um, I, I, I picked the Dodgers just because you put me on the spot, but I think that division is the one division where you can't really just nail down, say, this team is absolutely going to win the, um, the Dodgers. division. You say it's not going to be the Dodgers, though. <laughs> I get it. You know what? It's very easy because this is going to be a banana season, but. The other thing I'm thinking is that maybe the best teams just get off to the best start because there's a different goal in mind. And maybe the best teams just do get to the playoffs. And maybe we do see the Yankees and the Dodgers in the World Series and the best teams make it. This It's just going to be such a small sample that no one's going to going to look at this down the line and say this is a trend or anything. But I, I am fascinated to see how it turns out. Are the best teams going to be the best teams in a short season and then roll through the playoffs again or – is it really going to be a crapshoot? And I know you feel like it's going to be a complete crapshoot. 
Yeah, that's 100% where I stand. I, I, I just – I think come season's end, we're going to look at the stats, we're going to look at the standings, and it's going to be unlike anything anybody predicted. I am um, going to ask you who's going to win a World Series, first of all. Who's in the World Series? Just throw two teams out since well, – you know, I, I told you, I get, give me the, the Dodgers. I, that, I, I think that – I guess two. I hate to just be hack, but give me the Yankees, I guess. If I gun to my head, I got to pick two. I'm going with the Dodgers and the Yankees. Sawyers and the Yankees. Okay. I get it. I got that. I'm going to go – I'm going to get really crazy. I'm going to go with the Tampa Bay Rays. I like their pitching staff. I like what they got up there. We'll see if they um, brought enough offense in. But I do like – I do like me some Tampa Bay Rays this year. Are you for or against them? And the other team we haven't mentioned is the Minnesota Twins, and they are very, very stacked. Well, then on the then on the Reds, I could see doing are legit World Series contenders too. I think a lot of people are picking both the um, Rays and the Reds to do that um, that bit where it's you know I'm I'm picking the I'm going against the grain type Contrarian. of thing. Yeah, uh, but. Um, I, Again, if if I got to pick two, I'm going to go with the Dodgers and the Yankees because on paper they're the best teams. They are. I mean, the Yankees are just so stacked. And seeing Judge and Stanton back in the lineup together, healthy, all they got to do is stay healthy for like 55 of the 60 games. Did you Nobody see that? Does. Did you see that Judge hit a three-out home run the other day? Yeah, they had four outs. They had 10-guy batting orders. They've been going crazy. This It's been very interesting to look at, is all I'll say about it. I'm kind of disappointed that I haven't gotten an invite to play in any of these games because they're playing the groundskeepers. They're playing they the, the equipment managers. Yeah, when they're getting later in the games, they're letting those guys take the field and, and play. And uh, uh, I don't know. I kind of would have thought a team would have invited me. All right, here's your... Um Here's your World Series. Tampa Bay Rays. Morton Snell, Glass now. Love them. Maybe the best top three in the American League. They've got a uh, they got a good bullpen. And they needed some more power last year. That would have been nice to see. I mean, I'm fascinated to see if Austin Meadows goes forward past what he did in 2019. My God, did that guy go nuts. Uh, Renfro comes over. I think if they're younger guys continue to get better too if they take a natural progression they could win the world series yeah i don't think that's out of the question i think on the national league side sorry about that just on the national league side i mean i could see you know laugh at me i could see the mets getting there man uh, and that's i know n- no the way, grom man. is not hurt the grom is not hurt stroman's fine they're, they remade their bullpen hope if that thing works out this year then they're set and they got one of the best lineups in, the, in baseball all of baseball. So just backtracking, the one thing that hurts the Rays, I think, is uh, losing Tommy Pham. I think he's a fantastic ball player, and he's going to do big things for, um, what, the Padres. Uh, said, yeah, that's who's with the Padres this year. Uh, I really, really like him um, as, as a ball player, and uh, losing losing that, I mean, he, he played 184 games for the Rays. He batted 287, 385, 485. With an OPS 34% above league average, and um, I, I think they're going to miss him a lot 
3.8 war in uh, 145 games last season. Uh, we didn't mention the Braves. The Braves are obviously hell of a good team. Um, but I, I like the Mets, especially their offense. This should be fun, a fun team to watch. I hope the Braves and the Mets get in a little pennant race. That would be fun, too. But uh, did we leave any teams out? What do you think about your Phillies? Anything on your Phillies? Astros? I, for the NL East, I really think – I mean, use the stupid term, crapshoot again. I, I think you write all five teams down on a piece of paper and then throw out the Marlins and then pick the other – one out of the other four out of a hat. And that's that's your best shot at picking a winner there. All right, buddy. It's a fun show. Interesting show, to say the least. Yeah, well, you now have one person, at least, who wants you dead. Really? Because that would be a gross overreaction. (laughs) Putting out a hit for an uncomfortable interview, and that wasn't even in, like, the top 50 uncomfortable interviews I've ever done in my life. Yeah, I've heard you had some good ones with Clint Portis. Oh, Portis was great, but um, Verlander's wife, what's her name? It's just... Kate Upton. Upton. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Dude, do you know have that's you one of the? That? Have you ever listened to that? I, I have. Do you know that's one of the first things that pops up when you Google your name? Speaking of oh, yeah. googling people. <laughs> oh, it was so it was so uncomfortable. What the hell did you ask her? <laughs> uh, a couple. I don't know. I asked her. I alluded. What her to, favorite food was, or something. No, I alluded to like it's got to be amazing to know that you're on the cover of a magazine that most boys are like myself, would pleasure themselves to. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and then uh, I had Danny do a Yoda voice for her. And uh, I asked her just like a couple questions about penguins that made her really upset. And I think in the middle of the interview, I was like, if you don't want to do this, just don't do it. Just hang up. I don't care. <laughs> Is this why, Is that Is why, this why you're no longer there? It was such an awesome interview, though, dude. It was such an awesome interview. 